Here we go, the Adrian Bow podcast with JT, my man, hashtag 350, third or fourth appearance on the AB podcast. Jess, uh, big man, how are you? My man, I'm well, I'm well. Thursday morning, let's go. Let's do it, let's do it. Now, look, uh, the people want to hear from us, Josh. You know, I'm in your office once a month. We're doing some forensic coaching around vendor management, prospecting, buyer work. It's amazing how every 30 days when we have that session with your entire team, how engaged they are. So success leaves clues, Josh, you know, like people that are not coaching, people that just feel as if, you know, you're waking up every day and doing 350 to 370 sales without actually refining your art and your whole team's art, they're delusional, right? A hundred percent, man. The market's changing every day. And and I think you've got to be talking about your issues. A lot of people just sort of, you know, go along with their day and only focus on the good. But I suppose for us, mate, a big thing, which, you know, we found our market, there was no urgency. We had a whole lot of private treaty sales. And then, mate, one Monday I walked in about four weeks ago and made five rescissions on the Monday based on the interest rate rise. And we thought to ourselves, I called you and I said, Bowie, mate, we've got a problem, need you to come in, let's fix this. Since then, change to auction. We've ran 12 auction campaigns in the last two weeks. We've gone 10 from 12, um, 80, 90% clearance rate and getting unconditional sales without a cooling off period. So that is just one example. I think if you're not sharpening the sword daily, um, how can you become better? And even someone like yourself and me, mate, 350 sales last year, a lot of people might have thought, you know, 350, you know, he's the penultimate. Mate, we've got a lot of way to go, um, especially in a tougher market. You've always got to, yeah, man, refine your skills. And you're a big part of that, my man. Yeah. I'm really happy that you embrace the auction system, um, Josh. And look, it's just it's just a metaphor. It doesn't mean anyone that's out there at the moment that is successful with private treaty needs to adopt auction, but it's a metaphor for embracing change. So in your particular case, I always had that foresight for you because, you know, I've been at your office every month for the last couple of years and hearing yeah. about these rescissions, hearing about you know, pest and build. And I'm thinking, you know, bit by bit, I started introducing the auction dialogue, but it wasn't yeah. until you associated pain, which you know I call neuroassociative conditioning, to like yeah. five rescissions in a row. And that's it. You said that's enough, never again. And, you know, we know that even though the property may not sell at auction, we know that the days on market are shorter, number one. Number two, we know that. Once the deal's done, it's done. Even if the buyer gets remorse, like it's done. That's just part of natural human psychology. Um, not, yep. not that we want people to be unhappy because they're always happy in the end. Um, and number three, it's a sense of urgency and deadline. And it's still a hybrid approach of private treaty anyway because you can still sell it before auction. So th- th- there's no downside to this method of sale at all. But for someone who's made the transition recently, Josh, like, what have yep. you found to be the main the main benefits? Yeah, I think private sale, especially in a market where there's more stock on and buyers have a lot more choice. At the moment, mm. they're taking their time to make a decision. Auction forces you into making a decision. We found with yep. private sale, me and the boys would be here Saturday night, Sunday night, making callbacks. Adrian, thanks for coming. Do you want to make an offer? And they would just be so confused. We viewed 10 properties. We don't know. We need to think about it. We need to talk to mom, dad, our parents overseas. All of a sudden now, auction campaign, deadline to the campaign. This is the date. If you're interested, you've got three weeks to think about it and you've got to actively bid on the day. Mate, last weekend, four from six, four people that were in the market for over six months 
finally purchased at auction. It's unconditional. And at the end of the day, mate, as a buyer, I think it's a positive thing as well. I've bought property 66W at auction myself. It gives you more mental clarity. Nothing's worse, mate, if you're in a cooling off period and you have the neighbor or you read something online about rates and your mum and dad come up to you and say, you know what, Adrian? Right now, I think you overpaid. And all you lose is 0.25%. Whereas at auction, hammer goes down. It's unconditional. You pay the 10% and it's sold. It gives you mental clarity. It gives the owner clarity. They can move on with their life. And like I had a scenario a couple of weeks ago, as you know, mate, they were under offer, 10th day of the cool off, ready to go ahead. Fire was at the bank, had a change of heart, pulled out 4.50 p.m. And five o'clock was the cooling off period. The owner was already in boxes. The stylist already half picked up the stuff. And you just don't want that. So in a market where it's changing, I think auction is, mate, the best method of sale. Um, And, mate, produces results. 15 sold this month. I'd usually have 15 issues in the cool-off where I've got 15 unconditionals and can focus on the next batch for this weekend. Yeah. Well, as we talked about when I was in your office last week, Josh, that that, you know, magic does tend to happen at auction. And, yep. you know, one of your guys was struggling with, well, what about the dialogue if people are resisting, the vendors are resisting? I'm like, well, come up with a clearance rate for private treaty. What we meant by that was, okay, so even though clearance rates are not 90% at auction, let's call them, you know, 50 to 70%, if you had the direct comparison for private treaty, which is how many properties listed by private treaty sell within 26 to 28 days, it'd probably be 15 or 20%, right? So that's the t- yep. that's one really good example that you can use in, in yep. the field. Um, the other thing, Josh, I think a lot of people, you know, observe you on social media and look at your numbers and, and have, yeah. have a lot of, they have a lot of misconceptions, you know, and yep. the, the first, and, and, and I want to, I want to let people know, you know, because I work with you so closely, I'm in the office every month while we talk, you know, a couple of times a week. I, I just yep. want everyone to know that there is no silver bullet. There is no magic dust. There is no shortcuts. Um, this is what, this team and Josh is is doing and what it is is number one accountability without fail every single week they send their numbers why it's not for my benefit it's for Josh's benefit so he can curate what his KPIs are uh, for those for that seven days and how many appraisers he's going to have for the following week right number two without fail none of them miss a coaching session now during those coaching sessions the best part about it is and this is good for anyone listening, whether you're a team of one or 20, it doesn't matter, is that even though I'm facilitating the coaching and sharing some magic, then Josh is also chiming in and actually helping his team. And not only that, the team are helping each other and collaborating. So it's 90 minutes, once a month, tools down. Let's have a conversation about what's working, what's not working. What are some case studies? What can we do better? I mean, every time I walk out one of those sessions, Josh, I think what a committed group of young, hungry, talented people. Um, You know, does that type of forum or collaboration um, create a lot of momentum afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. I think for the last session that we just did, an example, a lot of the boys, I warned them. I said, rescissions have been happening to me. I said, if they're happening to me, they're coming for you. Mate, you might yeah. not know this. Mark had four rescissions this week. Mm. Like four in one week. You That's know, the pain someone... we were talking about. Remember, he needs and... the pain. Man, you need to go through it, go through it to grow through it. Yeah. So now yeah. Mark has 
set four auctions for all those properties, price them correctly as well. I suppose it's an education for the vendor at the same time. You know, if we put yeah. a price guide and no one comes, all of a sudden they don't see value based on price. If we put a price yeah. guide and we have 20 people, we've priced it correctly. So at the end of the day, it's an education for the buyer. It's an education for us in a changing market. Um, but yeah, mate, having open conversations, my team, a lot of people, as you said, watch us on social media and think that, you know, there's a silver bullet or think that, you know, it's easy. We make it look easy. Behind the scenes, mate, me and the boys, me and Marin, for instance, we're a staff member down, Pinal, you know, integral part of my team. He's in Europe for the next seven weeks. Me and Marin, we're working seven days a week. We're literally not having days off, not seeing family. We're eating together in the office. We're, you know, going to open homes, auctions. There's just no break from us. Taylor mm. just had a baby. Um, he's back full time now, which is great. He did 100 stars last year, close to 2 million bucks. Mate, Taylor's back on the horse. You know, he's working late hours. We had State of Origin last night. A couple of the boys came over. Taylor opted to make vendor calls. Mark, mate, 80 sales a year, 25-year-old guy doing great things. Big Mac, Alex Salomar, you know, 40 over 40 sales. He'll do 50 or 60. You know, you look at Luke, just started, mate. He's been doing this four or five months. Luke, he's already done 20, 26 25 sales. Sir. Yeah, 26 Crazy. sales. Crazy. Incredible, incredible. Over 400K in GCI. So I think, you know, I've built this team and and the team all feed off each other. And especially when one of us is down, as cliche as it may seem, you know, nothing makes me happier. Luke gets a sale. Alex makes a sale. Yesterday, it's been a little bit tight with listings. You know, I've usually gone about 20 or 30 at the moment. I'm only on 10. Last night, listed three. So, you know, it's one of those things where when we have issues, we openly discuss it. Um, Auctions as well. A lot of people would see it, our auction videos. We put them live on Facebook. You know, it's not just me at the auction and the auctioneer. It's everyone's at the auction. All the staff members are working the floor. Now, they don't get paid for that. They don't get the commission from the sale. But they know, like two weeks ago, we went six from six. All the staff members were there. And the positivity that that gave them, they saw, I can sell six from six. They saw the buyers. They saw the energy. They saw the unconditionals. You know, they saw the process. They saw how happy the vendor was. And for them, it gives them confidence to share that story with their vendors to experience the same thing. So I think in this market, it's tight, it's tough. All of our numbers have almost halved. But at the end of the day, as you always say, Bowie, if it's tough for us, it's hell for everybody else. 100%. Now, what do you say, Josh, to all the agents listening who are in that blame headspace and victim headspace of, you know, Interest rates are going up. There's problems in 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 Europe. The inflation's yep. going up. Buyers don't want to commit. Like this, you know, we're hearing this every day, and and it's all true. It's all true. Yeah, but yep. it's shit that you cannot control. So, yep. what do you say to them apart from focusing on the stuff you can control? Um, yep. you know, moving forward. Yeah, I think be honest with yourself. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, we sit down every single day. Almost. I talk to my boys every single day. I'm a very active principal. And I say to them, what's the excuse that you've listed only two this month? What is it? How many appraisals have you done? How many calls have you made? You know, the property is not sold. Do we have an issue with price? Ask yourself that remove yourself from the price conversation. At what price is the home going to sell? What is your vendor prepared to move forward with what's the feedback from the vendor do they want to sell do they want to rent it do they want to hold off i suppose in this market everyone in their mind has got excuses everyone doubts excuses fear to a degree 
and let's say there's doors, you know, oh, it's overpriced, you know, they want low commission, you know, interest rates, my vendor, you know, won't adjust their auction guide, you know, our vendor is going to rent the property out, you've got to close every single door and every single excuse. And I suppose setting goals for yourself, measurable goals, like me and you sat down the other day and, and mate, we set goals. The goals weren't as extreme as last year because the market mm. wasn't as extreme, you know, and, and I think measurable goals, we said to ourselves, look, we'd love to hit, you know, 250 sales. That would be great. Um, last year I did 350. Is it impossible to do 350? In this market, it's, it's very optimistic. So I think you've got to have a goal. My goal, mate, everyone knows me and, and I'm very vocal about it. If you speak to me, know me, social media, everything. I want to be the number one international principal in the Ray White Network. That's been my goal for the last 12 months. Financial year just finished. You know, God willing, uh, the 8th of August, that happens. And I'll be with everyone that's been there with me. That was my goal. How did I achieve it? I broke it down. I needed to list this many. I needed to sell this many. It was a weekly goal. It was a quarterly goal. It was a half yearly goal. It was a yearly goal. How did we do it? I broke down every single day what me and the boys needed to do. Marin, Panal. I've now got a new associate, Matt, who you'll meet soon. Taylor, his goal, 100 sales. Mate, we broke it down. He needed to list this many, sell this many, make this many calls, send this many text messages, get this many reductions if the home wasn't sold. So I think in this market, you've got to be motivated. And I think what should motivate you? You've got to go through this period. And if you can get through this next, I'd say three, six, maximum 12-month period of uncertainty, and you can survive. Now, what I mean by survive, not sell one or two a month, If you can sell minimum five, six, up to 10 a month for a 12-month period, you will be, your career will skyrocket after this market ends because a lot of agencies are closing doors. Even in my market, mate, one of the main leading agencies for over 30 years, mate, closed down. Another one, closed their Quakers Hill office. One of my main competitors that did maybe 10, 15 sales in Quakers Hill left the industry. So at the end of the day, it's, it's the survival of the fittest at the moment. And if you can survive this uncertain period, your career will spike because the market, like anything, it goes up, it goes down, and I can guarantee it's going back up. Whether it takes 12 months, you just got to see the period out. Yeah, 100%. And that's a really good observation, um, Josh, in that this is a really terrific period and an opportunistic period to build market share not just retain market share to build it because as you said you will see attrition of agents you should yep. you will see consolidation um so for those who, who, who don't know it's so important for the people listening that have got this misguided um impression of the way you work um josh right yep. so yeah if, if you look at the main pillars of real estate i just want everyone to know right so the main pillars of real estate, one of them is database and prospecting. I'm just here to let you know that Josh and his team, which when I say his team, let's just talk for the moment, just his EBU. It's yep. him, two associates and one support person. Now, let me tell you, for the last couple of months, that's been one associate because one of them has been overseas, right? And, yeah. and we still managed to do, still managed to do between 350 and 370 transactions, right? So it's not a cast or an army of, of, of dozens of people on the team. So everyone needs to no. know that, right? Now, in terms yeah. of their prospecting and database, it's number one, it's consistent. So it's daily. Number two, it's forensic. So they're analyzing who they need to call and what are the priorities because everyone's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know who to call or I don't have time to call. That's bullshit. We know that, yeah. right? Um, so their database and prospecting pillar is consistent and it's forensic. Then you go to the second part, which is their listing presentation. Now, Does Josh go to listings and lose them? Yes, 100%. 
all, all the, the time, time, right? Yeah. All the time. Now, yeah. now that that is with a compelling case study too, and visuals around you know market share. Not you still lose listings. So whoever's listening to this and believes that losing listings is part is not part of our day to day industry is delusional because it is yeah. right. So that but does that does that mean that we don't throw everything at it? Hundred percent no. So is Josh is Josh the type of agent? That will create urgency in the lounge room. Yes, one hundred percent. He creates urgency. Yep. No, he's not being aggressive, not being pushy, but creating urgency at listing appointments cannot be really um, something that we that we have to make sure that we focus on at the moment because it's no good saying, "Oh, don't worry, have a think about it or whatever," because someone else will come in and list over the top of you, right? So, talk talk to us about the, that because the database and prospecting, we know what to do. Most agents know what to do, but they're just not doing it, which is just build data, nurture data, add value, right? That's it, full yep. stop. The listing side of things, when when mm-hmm. you're creating urgency in the lounge room, so say someone's a bit unsure, they want to think about it, how do we create that urgency to at least give ourselves every opportunity to make sure we get that listing? Ask more questions. A lot of agents say statements. They don't ask questions. In my appointment, yeah. I reckon if you're selling, you'd get between... 50 and 60 questions. Now, let's say we got to the end of the presentation and, you know, I always ask for the business. I always say, Adrian, you know, I've just gone through the process. Are you happy for me to be your agent? Now, if you came back and said, Joshy, you know, right now, mate, you know, we need to have a think. I would then say, Adrian, respectfully, do you mind me asking what there is to think about? Removing those objections. Oh, look, you know, we don't know if it's you or another agent. We're a little bit confused. And I say, look, do you mind me asking who the other agent was? Respectfully, I'm not going to say anything unprofessional. You know, let's compare apples with apples. How many have they sold? How many have I sold? How many buyers do I have? How many records on the street do I have? All your neighbors that I've sold for, how many reviews do I have? This is why you should choose me. And then, I, and then they would say, oh, you know, we need a week to think about it. Do you mind me asking what's going to change in the next week, Adrian? At the moment, you still want to sell your home. And I'm just checking. You've definitely decided that you want to sell, Adrian? Yes, I have. Okay. So you want to sell your home. You know I'm the best fit for the job. I sell the most. I've got the biggest database. I've got the best brand. I've got the best team. I'm just checking, Adrian. You feel comfortable for me to be your agent? Yes, I do. Do you feel I'm going to follow up buyers like I follow up you? Because we've been in touch for three months and you've heard from me every one to two days. So if I'm following you up, Adrian, I'm also following the buyers up. Yes, you are. I would just keep getting yeses. Yes, yes, yes. Adrian, right now, I've got buyers that have missed out from three streets away. That property sold, you know, sold $50,000 over the reserve. We had 25 people attend at the auction. 24 people have missed out. We had 10 registered bidders. Nine are still actively looking. Do you mind me asking you, Adrian, if someone from that nine registered bidders list had the budget, because you said to me, Adrian, you're chasing 1.2 and this property just sold for 1.3, can I bring those nine people through? And even if we just started off market, Adrian, it's going to cost you nothing. You want to sell it. You want a certain price. I've got buyers at that level. Would it be okay to get them through? I would just make it really easy for them to say yes. And then I would say, look, Adrian, respectfully in this market, you know the market's turning. I don't have to tell you that. You read the paper, you read the news, you see the radio, you see the headlines, you see your neighbors having a chat, the market's gone down. The market has gone down. Adrian, 
I can guarantee you, and you can agree, in three months, your home will be worth another 10 to 20% less, potentially. Yes, I can. Okay, so respectfully, Adrian, I think you've already told me you're happy for me to bring buyers, you're happy for me to show the home off market, you're happy with the price, you're happy with the commission structure, you're happy with my process, you're happy with my team. Right now, if your home's going to be worth less in three months, I think we've got to rip the Band-Aid off. And I think if we can at least start the process now off market, it'll give you mentally some information to see if it's the right time to sell. But you've already told me, Adrian, you want to buy as well. So if you're buying in the same market and you want to buy in Borkham Hills or Castle Hill for $2 million and that comes down 10%, you're actually better off to sell now. So Adrian, going through everything together, I think you feel comfortable and I feel comfortable and I'd love to work with you. Can we start that process? Yeah, perfect. That's just a, a listing dialogue masterclass right there, guys, making it easy to do business with you and, and making it approachable as well. So, you know, yep. if you want to do a self-audit, just have a look at your dialogue. Are you making it easy to do business with you? So, so the next pillar, so we looked at database prospecting yep. pillar number one. Um, we've looked at, at, at the listing presentation pillar number two. The, the third pillar is, is vendor management, okay? Yep. Now, vendor management, we spoke about a lot in our, in our group session um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Josh. Now, with this, it's not a matter of conditioning. It's not a matter of crunching. It's none of that. Um, no. What we need to understand is the media is doing 50% for you. The other 50% yep. is showing up. What I mean by showing up is sitting down with your vendor on a weekly basis, showing them the objective metrics. So this is how many people have been through. This is how many people have viewed online. These are the offers. So if you're not submitting offers every week, that's a big mistake. Now, there have to be at least price indications or genuine offers or people yep. that are suggesting a price. It's still an offer. So you need to be sub submitting that on a weekly basis. And you also need to be getting a pulse on where the vendor's headspace is at. It's too late just to leave that to the reserve meeting. If you leave that yep. to reserve meeting and all you're doing is providing feedback and then suddenly they give you a reserve price, which is even more than what you're appraised at, which, which can happen, right? Um, yep. It's critical. And also, if the campaign is off track, don't just provide a problem, provide a solution as well. So there's no use. So we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Josh, that if you're a doctor, lawyer or accountant, those three people provide what we call indiscriminate advice. So they say good news, bad news, whatever. However, here is a solution, right? Yep. So price reductions in our industry are a big part of that solution. And it's not a conditioning process. It's, it's an alignment process, right? It's an alignment process and it's a recalibration process. So how do you deliver that news, Josh? Look, I think communication is key. Communication builds trust as well. If you lose the trust of the owner, as in they never hear from you, you know, you never give them feedback after open homes, you know, you're telling them to, to drop the price every single week, but you've never been in touch. At the end of the day, vendors, A, have to like you, B, have to be on board with you, and C, have to trust you. Now, how do you build trust? You be honest. In this world, if you are not honest and you're saying, oh, look, everyone loves it, Adrian. We had 20 people come and everyone loves it, but you've got no offers and we've got no registered bidders. That is a dead set lie. And you must not lie to people. I would say, look, 20 people came, Adrian, right now, 15 people don't like it because of these reasons. They did like this. We've got five people that are potentially interested. I've got a pre-auction offer. You're hoping for 1.5. They've offered 1.1. This is why. 
Now, my thoughts is, Adrian, we obviously want to go to auction day and have five registered bidders to get those bidders. At the moment, we've got a guide of 1.4. People are not seeing value at 1.4. So you have a choice. Either we're dormant on the market or we become that shock attractive listing. You want to have buyers say, you know what? They've met the market. They're realistic. They want to sell. We want to buy. It's a much easier transaction. We can't control price. That's the, a lot of people and a lot of agents in this market, we cannot control price. A buyer pays what they feel is the property's worth. We don't influence, we influence the price based on marketing, urgency. But on auction day, you can see if there's 10 registered bidders, there's 10 parties that are interested. If there's one registered bidder, there's only one person that's interested. So I suppose a lot of people need to remove price from their mind and they need to serve the vendor to the best of their ability. Give them feedback, be honest, if it's not good news, deliver the good news. We're getting abused every day. You know, Josh, how could you do this? And I say, look, respectfully, Adrian, I'm not buying a home. This is the feedback. This is what they've said. This is the buyer indications. This is the solution. So I feel in this market, you've got to be super honest. And the days of listing something at a million and it's selling at 1.5 are gone. The real skill at the moment is being honest. Having vendors, A, if they don't reach their expectations, still be happy after the process because you've got them sold get a good review. And obviously in this market, I think at the time, they may not be as happy that they're getting 500,000 over reserve, but long-term they will see once they've sold and got from A to B, they will appreciate it. Yeah, so the key takeaway there for anyone listening is number one, be honest and and, yep. and don't discriminate between good or bad news. It's just news. Remember, doctors, yep. lawyers, accountants, they don't they don't discriminate whether it's good or bad news. They just deliver it. Number yep. number two, number two, frequency builds trust, right? Number yep. three is have a solution. Don't just identify the issue. Have have a solution ready to go. Yep. And if that's a price reduction, then so be it. And explain and have a compelling enough reason why that adjustment in price will attract those buyers. The, the, the other thing that people need to remember, uh, Josh, is that a lot of agents wanting to be a price hero at the moment, right? Oh. Now, the, it's, it's crazy. Now, what we need to remember is we want the client to be happy, we want the client to provide a review. But let me tell you this. One thing that we've learned is that the client will be happy if you can facilitate their transition from one stage of their life to the next. Price is important. But let me tell you, equally as important, if not more important, is making that transition, whether it's downsizing, whether it's traveling, whether it's freeing up debt, whether it's, it's, it's giving money to their kids, whatever it might be, that transition and the fact that you can facilitate that is really, really important. Um, yep. So then we go to the fourth killer, which is biowork, okay? Yep. Um, and this, from, from my observation with coaching and working closely with your team, um, the key with biowork Number one comes down to qualification. Number yep. two comes down to speed at which you're getting back to people. What's, yep. what's a key takeaway in terms of doing uh, mastery buyer work at the moment? Communication. Again, you treat the buyer just like the vendor. At the end of the day, they want to, if you ask them, you know, Adrian, you've just come to an open home. Would you like to attend the auction? Yes, I would. Okay. Would you like a contract? Send me your email. Would you like a free building and pest inspection? Would you like to have a chat about how to bid at the auction day? A lot of agents just hope for people to show up. In this market, you've really just got to over-service. Adrian, did you like it? No, I didn't. Okay. Do you mind me asking what you are looking for? When you are a volume agent, and I suppose speaking to volume agents or volume officers, when you've got more stock in this market, you know, I don't like this home. Okay. This is what else we have available. 
If you show them 20 homes, I guarantee they'll resonate with one of them. And in my market, Quakers Hill, we sell over, we've got 30, 40 on the market at one time. So if you don't like one home, chances are you're going to like another. And chances are, if you miss out at one auction, you're going to have the confidence to bid at another auction. And then eventually you're going to purchase a home from me. So I think buyer work is essential. After the open home, they receive a text. In the afternoon, they get a phone call. Sunday, they get another phone call. Monday, they get another phone call. New listings, tech goes out. Tuesday, auction invites go Wednesday. Auction reminders go Friday. Open home call back Saturday afternoon. You're hearing from me every one to two days. So I think if a buyer trusts you, they will purchase through you. And at the end of the day, if you've got stock, obviously you can show them one and show them plenty others. And I feel buyers in this market, like there's a lot of angry buyers that have missed out in the last 12 months. They're frustrated. I think you just got to be calm with them, have longer conversations, and they will respect if they want to buy a home, this is the process. This is what they have to do. And, you know, we're here to help them. We're not against them. At the end of the day, we're the meat between the sandwich. You've got the owner, you've got the buyer, and you've got us. Anything the buyer wants, we say to the vendor. Communication from the vendor, we translate to the buyer. So we're the one that's got to hold the deal together. We're the glue. And, um, yeah, in this market, you've got to just over-service buyers a lot more, which, again, strengths. A lot of agents are nine to five. My agency, seven days a week, nine o'clock to one o'clock in the morning. If a buyer, a buyer called me last night at 10.45, I answered the phone. He said to me, I want to bid at 47 Labelia. I said, beautiful. Here's the contract. We'll chat tomorrow at 12 o'clock. So I think it's communication, again, with buyers, giving them options, giving them upfront feedback, showing buyers as well. Look, Adrian, you would have paid 1.3 for this house three months ago, now it's priced at $980,000. This is why I think you should jump in now. Give them confidence. Someone feels confident, they'll buy. Perfect. So the fifth and last pillar that we focus on in coaching you know, with your team, uh, Josh, yeah. is pers- personal marketing, okay? Because none of this yeah. happens unless your brand and your profile and your personal marketing is, is quite prolific and ubiquitous like yours is so yeah what, what, what's what are we doing that's 100 percent consistent well I, I know it's a rhetorical question but just so i can share yeah. it with the team 100 percent, mate we do everything I, I suppose facebook we're very consistent we post three to four times a day on facebook we boost probably about 10 posts a week on facebook reviews after every happy customer we get a review on rate my agent facebook google we've also got realestate.com buses mate i've got over 50 buses out there at 12 grand a pop um, letterbox drops, 10,000 listed, 10,000 sold. Banners, realestate.com, the top banner, the side banner. We've got over 30 suburbs, my office, that we've got the banner in. I've now got the rental banners. I've just brought on property management. So rentals getting mass exposure. Sporting teams, sporting clubs, schools, coloring in competitions, local fates, local community uh, events, shopping centers, bus stops. You name it, we do it. Imagine a pizza. Why would you not do one thing? I want people to know who I am. I want people, when I walk into the living room, they often say, Josh, you're everywhere. Like, we might not like you for what you're about or for what we think we know about you, but we need you to sell our house. I often get that. People, you know, might not like how I dress or, you know, might not like that I have different hobbies to other people. And that's okay. Everyone's different. But at the end of the day, they know I'm going to work hard. They know there's a reason I'm on every single signboard. I'm on every single main road. I'm getting all the reviews. I'm the one winning number one in Australia. Rate my agent three years in a row. Realestate.com. You know, soon to be Ray White. 
at the end of the day, you know, success leaves clues, but self-marketing, the more you do, the more familiar you become. And people say, you know, I'm not going to sell my house for another 30 years. They find something, there's death, divorce, they want to upsize, they want to downsize. And I know I'm on the shopping list first, as soon as they think of selling, hey, Josh, we've had a thought to sell, come out. I come out, I list, I create urgency, I show them buyers, they're on the market, they're sold, I get the neighbor, I get the friend, and it's momentum. That's what people miss. People are afraid to spend money with personal marketing. Where me, wrote seven million bu- over 7 million bucks last year. I spent 2 million on personal marketing, 5 million profit. That's a good return in my eyes. 100%. Now, for people that are listening to this, you know, you, you gotta, you've got to take it on relative terms. So you may not do that type of volume in sales, GCI, or whatever, but you, know, you should be investing 10, 20% of whatever yep. you're making back into marketing. So you know, as, as we wrap up, you know, if you think real estate is complicated, if you think that Josh is cutting corners or there's some silver, yeah. silver bullet or magic dust, it's not true. Just remember the five pillars we're talking about, right? Is your database and prospecting plan at mastery level, which meaning is it consistent and forensic? Number two, have you got a compelling listing presentation with some unique selling propositions? Number three, have you got a vendor management plan that involves consistency, trusted advisor type recommendations. Number four, is your buyer work creating urgency? And number five, are you reinvesting back into your business? Simple as that, guys. It does not get any more complicated. You know, Josh, myself and his team, we sit down for 90 minutes every single month and we're constantly talking about those five pillars because guess what? In five years' time, those five pillars will still be the same. Um, that This is not this type of industry that, comp- that is complicated. We're not in medicine where you've got to learn new procedures every day. We're not in law where there's new legislation coming out every day. Like yep. the things that made us successful a year ago, you just got to keep be consistent and continue to do it. So, yep. Josh, really appreciate you sharing um, all your knowledge and time. And for those people that keep throwing stuff at Josh and I, don't worry. It just, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. For some reason, we, we, we seem to attract a lot of people and a lot of gossip, uh, Josh, you and I. But yep. look, we, we, t- we take it as a compliment. Keep it Definitely. coming, guys. We just keep building the dream and adding value and, and uh, enjoying our lives. And you know, I was lucky enough to sit down with Josh last week and create a personal uh, plan for him, him, himself and his business. And, uh, yep. you know, that's obviously confidential, but let me tell you, yeah. this guy's the real deal. He's the humble hero. And we're not only looking at building a fantastic business, but a fantastic life as well. So thanks Definitely. again, JT. Thanks, listeners. My man, you know what it is. That's it. See you, Bye, man. Bye.